Good morning, and thank you for joining us here on the KBND Morning News. Steve Gunnels is the District Attorney for Deschutes County. He's our guest today. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Thanks very much for being in here today. Lots of topics to cover this morning. One of those, the so-called Redmond Five, Justin Link. One of them is uh, has been by the parole board. It's decided that he's going to be released. First of all, for the benefit of those who aren't familiar with this case, can you give us some background on that? Yeah, Justin Link was one of the so-called Redmond Five who were uh, five young people. Justin Link was 17 years old at the time. There was an 18-year-old, another 17-year-old, and two 16-year-olds who were involved in the murder of Barbara Thomas in 2001 out on the old Ben Redmond Highway. Uh, She was the mother of one of Justin Link's co-defendants. And these five wanted to take her car, and instead of just taking her car, they decided to murder her so that she wouldn't be a witness and they wouldn't get caught. Mm. She was the mother of one of the five, is that correct? That's correct. She was Adam Thomas's mother. So this in this crime, what sort of sentences did the five of them get, and in particular, Justin? Justin Link received a life without the possibility of parole sentence, as did the other two young men who were involved in the the crime. The two young women, the 16-year-olds, received sentences of 25 years. And uh, Justin Link's sentence was subsequently reduced to 30 years to life after a United States Supreme Court decision that held that a true life sentence, a life without the possibility of parole sentence, was unconstitutional for juvenile offenders. And so the parole board now has decided to release him when? Well, in uh, on March 1st, the parole board had a hearing under a new law that was passed in 2021 that allowed juvenile offenders who had been convicted of murder and given lengthy prison sentences like Justin Link. It allowed them to have a parole hearing after 15 years. So Justin Link has now served approximately 22 years. And so uh, he was eligible to go before the parole board. The parole board held that he was eligible for parole because he had not been getting in trouble in prison. And the only thing that they're really asked to consider is whether the disciplinary record indicates that the person has matured while in prison and has been rehabilitated. In, in the eyes of the parole board, apparently that's the case. That is what they found, yes. What have, what's with the story with the other four right now? One has already been released. Her sentence was commuted by the former governor. Uh, there is another uh two hearings, parole board hearings coming up in April and May for two of the co-defendants. And then Adam Thomas, the son of Barbara Thomas, uh, will be eligible for parole after uh, a 30-year sentence is served. This has obviously raised uh, a lot of concerns or a lot of controversy in the community with this crime. Uh, and these these people being released. Yeah, it's uh, it sh- it should be controversial. It should be something that people are thinking and talking about. It's uh, a devastating 
decision for the family of Barbara Thomas, who thought that they had closure. They thought that they had a kind of a finality to this horror story that they lived through. And, you know, every time one of these young murderers comes back for a resentencing or for a parole hearing, the family has to relive what they went through in 2001. I'm going to skip ahead to uh, another story that uh, was in the news last week about the uh, drug court in Deschutes County and the fact that apparently that is coming to an end. Is that correct? That's correct. And that's really a, a result not of a decision by the court to end the program, although ultimately that's uh, you know, the decision that they had to make. It's a... Um, decision that was based on the fact that we could not find a treatment provider for the participants in the drug court program or a coordinator. The coordinator issue is because of the the housing market here in Deschutes County and the inability to recruit somebody to move here on the salary that was being offered to that person. Uh, and we have had a number of treatment providers over the years who have been excellent treatment providers but the, uh, the rules about uh, what has to be offered by the treatment provider have, have been very stringent, and uh, nobody in Central Oregon is capable of, of meeting all of those standards at this time. Tell us the purpose of the drug court. The, the idea behind the drug court program was to take typically young people who have drug addiction issues and children and to try to uh, get them turned around, get them into drug and mental health treatment and parenting classes. Uh, the requirements are that they have to stay clean and sober, they have to get a job, and they have to reestablish their relationship with their children, which is uh, oftentimes the motivating factor for people who are in that program. They want to get back and and be the parent that they were meant to be. Would you call the program a success? Are you in favor of it? It has been very successful over the years. In fact, I was the prosecutor who was originally part of the planning process, and I've been the drug court prosecutor now for 23 years. Really, it was uh, a brainchild of Judge Alta Brady back in 2000. And the, the planning process took a couple of years to get grants and to get all of the pieces in place, but it's been a very successful program. Some people have had their lives turned around from really miserable um, paths that they had that they had chosen with their drug addiction, and they are now productive members of society who are raising their children and living good lives. And so, what happens now to people brought up on drug charges with this program gone? Well, they will be going through the criminal justice system in the, the ordinary way, which is we will prosecute them for those crimes. They will likely be either on probation or go to prison, and depending on the nature of the crime. And typically, the court will order some kind of drug treatment as part of their prison or probation sentence. Are you going to try to get this program back up and running again in the future? Yeah, if there's any if there's any possible way for this program to be uh, reformed and to get back on track, that's what we're going to do. 
Well, that kind of another thing to add to your workload. Something <laughs> else is the uh, the reversal of the number of cases based on previous non-unanimous verdicts. Now, was this a law, I'm thinking, that went into effect that said any verdict that was not unanimous gets thrown out and now the case has to be redone? Yeah, the, the background of it is is kind of interesting, really. Back in 1934, Oregon voters uh, authorized a non-unanimous jury verdict to be sufficient for a conviction uh, for some crimes, not murder, but some crimes. Uh, since then, that's what we've been working under, the understanding that a 10 to 2 verdict was sufficient for a conviction. In 2020, though, the United States Supreme Court held that a any kind of criminal conviction has to be unanimous, a unanimous jury verdict. And in 2022, just in December, the Oregon Supreme Court ruled that that uh, unanimous verdict requirement is retroactive, meaning all previous convictions that were based on non-unanimous verdicts are subject to a new trial so that anybody who's been convicted in the past of of any crime based on a non-unanimous jury verdict is eligible to be tried again. That sounds like a horrendous workload. It uh, It is very demanding. The ones that we've seen so far are on the very high end in terms of the seriousness of the crimes. They are uh, sexual abuse, serious domestic violence, and other high-end type cases below murder. Um, and so when those cases come into our office, whether it's as a new case or a, a case that we've previously prosecuted, it, it takes a lot of work to get those up to speed. Uh, this this particular uh, challenge is uh, is really putting a strain on our office because some of these convictions are 16, 17 years old. And so you had a victim of crime who testified 16 or 17 years ago. Now we have to call that person up and say, are you willing to go back to court to testify again? So if, let's say, for example, the victim at the time was 14 years old, now she's 30 years old, and we have to ask her if she's willing to relive that event and come back to court and uh, testify. So it's a challenge for victims of crime, and it's a challenge for our office. Did the law put the load onto the district attorney's office that you guys have to go back and do this, or do you wait for these cases to come to you? We wait until the the Court of Appeals reverses the conviction and, and the Department of Corrections sends the person back to our jail from prison. Okay. And lastly, uh, we had the passing of Sheriff Les Stiles here uh, recently, and I believe his uh, celebration of life was just this past weekend. Yes, and I attended that, and I, I knew less, and I, I really did want to just talk very briefly about him and his contribution to public safety in Deschutes County. Um, his contribution, in my view, was remarkable and outsized. He came into office uh, to the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office. He was the seventh sheriff of Deschutes County. He was a very tough guy. He was also a very kind man. Um, he was all about accountability when he came into office, and he came into office right after a sheriff who kind of brought disrepute to the office by stealing, by embezzling funds from the sheriff's office. 
and less really restored the integrity of uh, law enforcement and the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office and, and helped to rebuild the reputation of the Sheriff's Office during his term. He served during, from 2001 until 2007. And uh, one of the big accomplishments he, he made to our public safety system here is he went to the voters and gained their approval for permanent funding for the sheriff's office so they didn't have to go back every few years and, and ask for a bond to be approved. And having that stable funding has been a, a real blessing for the sheriff's office going forward in terms of keeping really good people employed there at the, at the sheriff's office so they don't have to worry about losing their job every few years. Well, you worked with him closely, no doubt, and uh, he was in here uh, on occasion. We would get together for interviews like these, and uh, he, he was uh, uh, truly a, uh, seemed to be an outstanding, upright guy. He really was. He was a, a good person. I mean, you know, in the end, it's not ex- really about what you accomplish in life. It's about the kind of person you are, and he was a really good man. I All appreciate right. him. We're talking about former Deschutes County Sheriff Left Styles. This is Steve Gunnels, District Attorney for Deschutes County. Sir, thank you so much for spending some time. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND. Good morning to you.